The Art of Relationships radio show is copyrighted. No one is to use any part of the show without express written consent from myself, Greg Dzinski, or The Art of Relationships. Thank Welcome you. to The Art of Relationships radio show. Greg has been a relationships expert guest host on numerous radio shows. He promises that this show is for you and to help listeners become more fulfilled, healthier, and happier in your relationships and lives. Licensed Relationship and Sex Counselor Greg Dzinski, The Art of Relationships Radio Show, will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy, plus help in reigniting the passion in your romantic relationships. He also welcomes live calls from listeners in helping with these very challenges. No more tit-for-tat arguments. Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a rapid, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and grow happier. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan. To others, he's simply known as Master... Hey, welcome everybody. It's Greg Tuzinski, your host, and this is the Art of Relationships radio show. Happy Wednesday night, happy hump night, and here in downtown Detroit, oh my God, it's been mass hysteria. Not in a bad way. Everyone's thinking, oh God, more murders and all this stuff. <gasps> uh, no, it is the start of the North American Auto Show. Every year in Detroit, and actually it starts open to the public this coming Saturday, but this week it's uh, been the media preview, and there have been people all over the place. Uh, Detroit people move her. It's like a, I don't know what you want to call it, a high-rise uh, rail system, which is cool. Um, it's been jam-packed, uh, people from all over the world, not just country. So it's cool to see, but traffic has been a total nightmare. <laughs> it's been nuts. Great for the city, uh, but it's been totally nuts. Anyways, I'm your host, Greg Dzinski, licensed professional counselor, relationship, and sex specialist coming to you. Yes, I am live. So uh, give me a call. I'd love to hear any requests you have. Sound like I'm playing songs. Nah, maybe during break. But I want to hear, you know, any requests, any questions, comments you have that I can help you out with, or maybe you might have to offer your fellow listeners. Give me a call. The phone number is 313-614-9498, and you can join me in a live chat. Actually, um, I did end up uh, canceling the Art of Relationships radio show app uh, but you can still join in the live chat. Download Spreaker's app for Android, Apple devices. Again, that's S-P-E-A-K-E-R. Uh, download their app, or you can go on Spreaker.com, search for the Art of Relationships radio show. Join us on live chat, and with any questions, comments, any feedback you have, and you can... 
Uh, like I said, give us a call as well, 313-614-9498. Hey, Shauna, welcome. She's in the live chat, and hopefully we'll be joining a few others. Hopefully everybody realized and got the message that the Spreaker app and uh, Spreaker website is about the only one um, you can join me and join us on live chat so people might uh, freak out. I should uh, announce that as a reminder. Maybe I'll do that on uh, Facebook as well. Actually, Shauna's going to be on uh, next week and talking about a bunch of research she's doing for her book about, what do we say, astrological signs and are there any truth to it compatibility you know does you know a capricorn do they do good with a taurus or a leo or whatever and is there any maybe scientific fact or any proof maybe we'll find out next week with uh shauna marie she'll be calling in we'll be talking about that as well so it should be very, very cool. Should be interesting. Who doesn't like this? It might be more of a lady thing, but yeah, maybe not. Maybe guys are into it too and would be cool, okay? And I actually am doing a little thing to um, on Facebook. I apologize. Just trying to shout out a reminder to people to use the Spreaker app because I posted that a couple days ago and some people might um, miss it. They might lose it. So hopefully they'll kick it in. Anyways, I am coming to you. Oh, not just a lady thing, Sean, I mentioned. It'll be interesting. We'll talk about that next week. And I'm interesting to find out um, maybe how many followers pay attention to it and do you just date someone? You know what? I went on here, you know, astrology or, yeah, astro- is it astronomy? No, astronomy is a star. Well, sort of, in a way, same thing. Astrology. And, okay, I'm only going to date. Okay, I'm a Taurus. That's me, Greg. I'm a Taurus. So, and I don't fit a lot of the stereotypical Taurus stuff. Some things, but eh, maybe a quarter of the Taurus thing, elements. But now, okay, say I get mess, mixed up with, mixed up, I get matched up where maybe, I don't know, Capricorn, I'm just throwing it out there. A Capricorn is the best overall fit for me. She likes sex, passion, romance, intimacy, down to earth, you know, funny, emotionally low maintenance, okay? Yeah, I just threw some key things out there. So, <laughs> um, so, you know, we're going to find out, is there some truth to that? And do you pay attention to where you will only date, say, my best fit, my best match is, say, a Capricorn, an Aries, a uh, Leo, whatever, and I'm only going to date that person. So next week, we'll be talking all about this. I'm giving Shauna Maria heads up. She's in the live chat, and uh, to get her research kicking and it'll be interesting. It'll be really cool. So hopefully we'll have a lot of people listening next week, okay? Um, I'm going to get up. I got 
a message on Facebook. Uh, been messaging back and forth today. Uh, listener, follower of the show, and also on Facebook, uh, mentioned a question, and it was cool. So we're going, oh, I'm excited too, Sean. I always like when you called in a couple weeks ago too. You have a lot of cool insights and everything too, and it's cool. I love talking to you, so it's going to be really, it's going to be fun. It's going to be cool, especially uh, sort of a fun topic like that, And but Going to go back to, like I said, you can call in with any topic you have, any questions you have, and we can go, uh, we'll take a minute. doesn't have to relate to the topic of the evening on today's show, okay? Um, so that number again, one more time, 313-614-9498. And you can join us on the live chat as always, okay? So... Going in topic was, are people destined for relationship failure? And, you know, plus more stuff. You know, what I meant for this, sort of misleading in a little bit. Are people, not people in general, destined for relationship failure? That was sort of a a catch, if you will, okay? And individual, I don't want to mention his name or anything, um, you know, unless he gave me permission, but I'm not going to do that. Um, He mentioned, hi, Greg, your book was amazing and very blunt, which I liked a lot, which is cool. You know, I appreciate it. I'm flattered. And you can get that on on (laughs) on Amazon. Seize that total connection, okay? On Amazon. Paperback ebook. Anyways, um, so mention that. But what is your take on people who really don't know how to love others because of their upbringing? They are in relationships, but easily at the first sign of trouble, they break off the relationship and they run. This is a dynamic question and a very, not only dynamic question, it's an awesome topic to talk about. How many people you know, out there have been in a situation to where, you know, you might have one disagreement and the relationship is good, okay? The relationship is good. It's not bad. And you you sit in a situation to where, you know, you get in a disagreement and the other person just books, you know, runs away and you're like, oh my God, what the hell? We just had one little disagreement, uh, you know, maybe one little fight argument. It wasn't all that bad. And us and this individual, um, they run, they get away from it. And my, you know, answer to the question is, yeah, I do think there is some truth to that. There, there are people due to their upbringing, be it, you know, neglected, you know, emotionally neglected, even, you know, physically, and they've been abused, um, you know, maybe sexually abused, physically abused, neglected, where, you know, I've dealt with clients over the years, too many of them, where mom, you know, the kids are nine and seven years old, and she leaves them home overnight, yeah, overnight, where she's out partying, doing drugs, uh, all that stuff, and leaves a nine and seven-year-old and it's not just one-time thing. I mean, one-time thing is too many, right? But this has been an ongoing thing. So individuals in these situations, they learn not to trust 
anybody. They learn, you know, people that are supposed to take care of them, love them, care for them, they're not doing it. So all of a sudden, survival mode kicks in and you don't trust anybody. And anybody little um, that isn't perfect, and that might be an extreme, they go where it might not be perfect. So one little mess up, one little, you know, error, whatever, we speak something that might hit a nerve and they run the other way because all of a sudden they're in self-protect mode and they would rather get out of the relationship and run versus be hurt, right? Um, and I've dealt with people like this and I, I get it. I understand. I fully understand it. And, you know, trying to repair these and understand that they have the power and to realize, you know, healthy relationships and this <laughs> this is very subjective too i'm sort of giggling about it but it's very subjective as far as you know what is deemed healthy relationship versus unhealthy but the parameters are there i i view you know a healthy relationship is where there's mutual respect emotional safety and hot sex oh wait no <laughs> that's mine <laughs> well i'm all for that but <laughs> Go with me for a minute, okay? I'm just being a smart ass. But, you know, definitely there's a mutual respect for one another. There's emotional safety. There's, you know, you make each other feel important. You actually, you care how your actions, you know, how they make your partner, your lover feel, be it not important, like they're an idiot, that, you know, they don't matter to you. I'm all about that. We'll say the premise and everything out, you know, outs can be, it's very subjective, okay, what a healthy relationship is, whatever works for you. And the other spectrum, and I mentioned uh, the gentleman with the question, the other spectrum with that, you have people, not only do they book away or you hear, you know, with the walls being up, they're in a relationship, one bad thing happens, you know, he leaves the toilet seat up. Okay, one time. That's it. I'm out of here. Bam. You know, because, oh, my God, he leaves that up. What's next? What's going to be next? And you're like, <gasps> what, what the hell? I only left the toilet seat up, you know? It wasn't anything to kill the relationship. And then these people, they self-protect, and they run so they don't get hurt. They always have this constant wall up. The other extreme of this I see is where individuals, you know, like abused or neglected, whatever, that they want to be loved so bad because they never had it. They crave it. I mean, let's face it, to be loved and to feel important is a very human trait. It's a very human existence, I think, to feel this. And when we don't have it, we start, we crave it. So anyone that pays us attention we crave on it. We, you know, sort of go after it like a magnet, like super glue. And what happens is these individuals, they might end up, not always, but they might end up, what, in abusive relationships where no matter if, you know, he beats my butt on a weekly basis or she bites me, hits me, maybe she's abusive too, I'm going to deal with it because, you know what, that's not as bad than being alone and feeling neglected again. So I see, you know, as a whole, on an average, these two different perspectives of that, not only in romantic relationships, but how many people are like that when friendships, you have a disagreement and they're like, peace out, and they totally dismiss you. And you're like, (gasps) 
you know, what's, what the hell's going on? So it is a very difficult situation. And if when you get somebody that is like that, you know, they might, they're, they're not going to talk to you again. They're not going to reply to your calls, your texts, emails, whatever. And you're left feeling like, why, what the hell did I do? And it wasn't, now you might have did something, but it wasn't, you know, severe situation by any means. It wasn't like, you know, you cheated. It wasn't like you, um, you know, you were abusive. Let's, you know, it wasn't anything on the extreme levels of unhealthy aspects. And you're left wondering, you're mesmerized by what's going on. And these individuals, they also might be, these individuals might be able to have sex, you know, whatever, enjoy sex. But what ha- happens, you know what? Hey, Rhonda, welcome. <laughs> Sounds like she mentioned on chat. You know, sounds like you are describing an adult child of an alcoholic. Rhonda, you know what? This, that could be a great example. I mentioned before you hopped on, you know, where, you know, you grew up and, you know, you were neglected emotionally, physically, maybe abused. And, you know, those situations and the people that are supposed to emotionally be there for you, um, you know, care for you, love you, and care for you, nurture you, are not there, and all of a sudden you feel you can't trust anybody. And this is, in a way, yeah, a child of a, you know, alcoholic, and every situation is different, drug addict, whatever. But, yeah, that's a great analogy. Actually, not an analogy. It's a great example. And, you know, you get so closed off, and as I mentioned, the other extreme, you crave love, uh, so much, and you do anything to get it, and you sell yourself out, and typically you end up in a very unhealthy, very, it could be abusive situation, and it, it's sad. It's a very difficult situation. So going back to the original question was, you know, can you, you know, what is, you know, what was my take on, you know, people, they really don't know how to love others because of their upbringing. They're not shown. They're not modeled. And not only that, there's different ways to, um, there's not different, you know, there's every different ways, what healthy, everything else, okay? Very, very different to hit on those, okay? So when you hit on those aspects to you know, try to get away from that or try to self-protect, it becomes, uh, you go back to what is natural to you, you know, self-preservation, self-survival. So you're not going to allow anybody to hurt you again. So what happens in those situations, you are going to, you know, you're not going to let anybody close. And like I mentioned before, you know, Rhonda hopped on, hopped on, (laughs) hopped on to the chat. Welcome, Alan and Rick as well. Like I mentioned, people that join the live chat, these individuals have given me permission to use their name. If not, um, I'm not going to use their name. I want to respect their privacy, okay, and confidentiality. If they give me permission to use their names, I will. So that's why, you know, you're hearing me, people, uh, hearing me mention people's names in the live chat and sort of cluing you, the listeners out there, you know, what's going on 
in the live chat. Yeah, Alan, I'm trying to speak English. I know. It's been a long day. Taught a couple classes, so I'm all sort of talked out in a bit. But, you know, are these people, and this was, you know, are there people out there that are destined for relationship failure because of their upbringing? Absolutely. Um, I, I totally agree with that. Now, this, I want to, you know, be very, very careful. Um, people that have been, you know, raised in an abusive situation, that have been neglected, whatever, they can be in healthy relationships later on, okay? That doesn't mean everybody that was neglected, abused, does not, that does not mean they're destined for a relationship failure, okay? Um, not at all. It doesn't, um, it doesn't matter at all, okay? And what happens in those situations that it's very subjective, it's very different, okay? So I don't want to go out there, oh, everybody that was abused or sexually abused, um, treated like crap growing up, that they can't have a healthy you know, very healthy, very loving relationship. No, not at all. This is, you know, there are people out there that, unfortunately, they are destined for relationship failure. And this could be, you know, we could throw up drug, uh, you know, addiction. Rhonda mentioned about, you know, being uh, a child of an alcoholic parent, which could be, right? Um, you can change. You can learn. But it takes a lot of work. An individual on uh, that messaged me this about Facebook, a private mentions me about this topic is, you know, I mentioned that it can, it can take, it takes a lot of work. And, but first you have to be aware of it like anything else. And then you have to want to do something about it. I hate pushing people away. I want people to be close to me, you know, deep down. Like I said, I think it's a genuine human instinct. We want people to be close to us and love us, whatever, but we don't trust it. So what we want and how we respond to it, how we react to it, you know, it's easier. It's to protect ourselves. It's safer than taking that risk and going out there. So we might, they might go into a relationship, but go into it with one foot or maybe, you know, one and a half feet out the door in a self-protect mode. And what happens is, you know, they're always out the door, and it's sad. Um, Alan, you mentioned, sounds kind of sad. It is. I was a child of an alcoholic and an idiot. Um, Alan, I'm sorry to hear that. I know we talked in, you know, class a little bit about that. And I know Rhonda on chat, too, actually, she's a student of mine as well that you, you know, you deal in these situations. And it is, it's very sad. Um, you know, something that you want very much, you want to feel loved, you want to feel, um, you know, you want to feel loved, you want to feel appreciated and nurtured and cared for so bad. But the fear of being hurt and being um, yeah, Rhonda does rock, Alan, that you look at the dynamics, that fear is keeping you away from that. And in order to love and be loved, let's face it, truly, and not keep everybody at arm's length, you have to take a risk, right? You have to take that risk to open up your heart. And when you're not used to people caring for you, uh, what do you have to go by? 
You have a go by. I got to protect myself. I have to go in survival mode, maybe not only physically, but you also have to do it, um, you know, not emotionally, only emotionally, but physically as well. And it hurts. It's almost like how many people have saw stories out there where, um, God, I can't even think of the name of it right now, where kids are neglected in the rays, you know, almost like the Jungle Book scenario. They're, oh, I can't even remember the name of them. They're almost, they're like feral children, I think, like feral cats. They're raised in the wild, but, um, you know, they're not used to that. They don't trust. They act like a scared, you know, timid animal that runs, and they don't, I, they hide, they run. And when you have people like that, it might not be to that severe, but in a way, they're doing it emotionally. So, you know, something that we long for, we desire that we're not used to for one thing, and we don't have trust in anybody. Um, and I, I get it. I don't blame these individuals. But then it comes to how in the hell can we fix it? How in the hell can we go ahead and try to build trust? And the number one thing Alan mentioned, you know, people can learn to love and care and respect aspects. And it's very, one thing you have to want to change with anything. You have to be aware of what you want, what you don't like maybe about yourself and what you want. And now, you know what? What can I do about it? And, you know, can you seek help? Can you see me <laughs> or another therapist or counselor, not just me, but you know, it's very difficult because when you don't trust anybody, are you going to reach out for help? Am I going to open myself up, say, to a counselor and, oh, my God, what happens? You know what? My own mom treated me like crap. My dad was an a-hole, um, you know, didn't love me, beat me, abused me. My own dad, why am I going to trust a, a stranger, right? How, why would I trust a stranger. So it's a very, very merry-go-round effect, if you will, with the emotions and self-protecting when you do that. And hopefully people listening to the show or listen, you know, they are in situations like this that they're able to reach out and listen, uh, maybe to shows and, you know, even internet self-improvement, um, entities out there and there's a lot of crap out there but some verifiable some really good um, insights that they can gain to go this the first thing of course is the awareness and then the other aspect is you know what what can I do about that and it comes with like trust building exercises it comes with you know, empathy, aspects, whatever, and maybe realizing that there's other people out there. Yeah, there's jerks out there that are going to use you, treat you like crap, but you can control that and still love and love yourself at the same time, okay? Again, it's a balancing act, and it takes a lot of work and a lot of growth to get to that point, okay? I'm going to take the first break of the evening. This is the Art of Relationships radio show. Write this number down. You can give me a call after the short break. 313-614-9498. Now I want to give a shout out to Podcast Detroit. 
Uh, the network that the Art of Relationships radio show is also on. A big uh, shout-out and many props to Podcast Detroit. Make sure to check them out as well, okay? PodcastDetroit.com, and you can check out the various other shows uh, besides my own. And, you know, a variety of shows. Really cool, anything from IT professionals to uh, geeks about video games, different movies, uh, you know, sci-fi movies to MMA and boxing. So a lot of really talented people, really cool people out there. So check them out, podcastdetroit.com. And I will be back right after this short break, the art of relationships. Thank you. If you're looking for that unique, cool fashion statement, check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. She has hand-painted, uh, hand-designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. Again, that's Shoes by Shay on Facebook. Myself the great pretender before they tell me where you remembered when you used to stand for something more than this. I always think it's happy, yeah.
Everybody, welcome back. This is Greg Tazinski. This is the Art of Relationships Radio Show. Coming back to you after the first break. Thank you to all the new listeners out there again. Uh, you can join us on the live chat at the Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, uh, app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Or you can go to Spreaker.com. Search for me, Greg Dzinski, D-U-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I, or the Art of Relationships Radio Show, and you can join us on the live chat. And uh, and that information you can check out, too, if it's easier for you. Check out Facebook uh, under my name, Greg Dzinski. Again, last name spelling is D-U-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I. And the information is on there. I post it every Wednesday before the show to give a shout out, everything else, okay? And my website, www.theartofrelationships.org. That is the art, A-R-T, of relationships.org, okay? You get, you know, a lot more information about me uh, maybe my philosophies, experiences, and there's a link on my book. On my book? <laughs> a link for my book. There we go. Sees that total connection, achieving the emotional and sexual relationship you crave, baby. Okay. So 
<laughs> and we are talking about, you know, are people destined for relationship failure? And during the break, there was a couple um, really cool insights and a lot of information sharing on Facebook. Well, uh, or on Facebook, I'm sorry, in the live chat that's going on during the show. Some of it is, um, I got to admit, maybe immature, childish. <clears throat> I'm not throwing you under the bus, Alan. <laughs> well, maybe I am. But we're looking at some information that Shauna brought up, which was really cool that, you know, we talked about forgiveness and where the situation, you know, do you have to forgive that, um, you know, when you hold all this and you don't have to forgive the people that have wronged you to be able to grow and to be able to mature and work on those issues if you wanted to, you know, move on and have a healthy relationship and not just, you know, book. And some people you ever, you know, you heard the term, how many people out there heard the term self-sabotage, right? You might have a very dynamic relationship and, you know, you end up sabotaging. Part of it is, um, let's face it, you know, you don't want to get hurt, you get crushed. So it could be going good. And you, you're thinking, okay, the ultimate, right? Self-fulfilling prophecy, it's going to end, they're going to hurt me, whatever. So I'm looking for things. I'm doing stuff to screw up the relationship and to, you know, and also, we, yep, I knew it. I knew it. Yep, see, they're bad. All people, you know, all people are bad. Nobody can be trusted. And you're left with that situation where you keep everybody at arm's length. You go into it sort of half-ass, if you will, in self-protect mode. And Shauna was mentioning, you know, about forgiveness, whatever. I don't think, and I think Shauna agrees with me, and we talked about this before, that you don't have to forgive in order to move on. It's almost, my philosophy is, I try to give people, if you want to forgive somebody, that's awesome. I'm not saying you shouldn't, whatever. I'm saying you don't have to. There's a difference, okay, that... It's my philosophy is, you know, when people hurt you and the topic of the show, you know, about our people that were raised, uh, abused, poorly neglected, destined for relationship failure because of their insecurities, trust issues, all this, that in order to move on into build trusting relationships, I don't think you have to forgive the people that hurt you. I, I try to get to the point to you know, tell people, it's almost like when you get ticked off, can you get ticked off mad at something that you don't care about? Most of us, no, I don't care enough to get mad. Well, what would it take for you to get to the point where you don't have to forgive somebody that treated you like crap or abused you growing up, that you can just get to the point where you don't care anymore? And some people, oh my God, that's bad, that's sub. It's not selfish. You do not have to forgive to move on, to heal. You can get to the point where, you know what, it don't affect you anymore. You don't even care. That's a big difference than, you know, society. Oh, you got to forgive to move on. No, you don't. I think that is a bunch of BS, if you will. And, you know, you have a choice to forgive and who you forgive and what you forgive. But I don't think you have to, to move 
on to get to a better point and to be able to trust people again and realize it. They mentioned um, before the break as well about trust-building exercises and everything. And Alan mentioned about this, you know, trust-building exercise. One thing is very difficult. Like I mentioned, you need to be able to get help. And first, you have to aware of that you're in self-protect mode and you get it. It's almost like it's an essence. It's almost like a breathing. It's a reflex in you um, from growing up in your childhood um, that are not even childhood. It could be adult. You could be in an abusive relationship and all of a sudden you assume every guy, you know, there's women abusers out there too, big time, but just go with me on this to where, you know, you assume, okay, I'm in an abusive relationship. Now every guy is. So you go into self-protect mode. You want to be loved, cared for, but then, you know, you have that protector. Every guy is this way or the same scenario. Say you had a girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, whatever that ends up cheating on you. And you assume everybody cheats on you. And when you are raised, and that's all you've ever known your whole life, that you can't trust anybody, I get it. I don't blame these individuals. Now, what do you do to start building trust? One thing you have to realize that you want to. And a point that I try to hit on that these people that have been so hurt and protected, I get it. I don't tell them, well, you should trust. You need to trust. Not everybody's like that, right? How many people have heard that out there? You hear it, but you don't believe it. These people don't believe it because they haven't witnessed it. They haven't experienced. So I I get it. So where do you go from there? You look at now, do you think, you know, has everybody, do you think everybody's been maybe hurt or maybe it's not a competition. It's not saying that, you know, oh, you know, what you went through isn't as bad. Everybody has been through. No, hell no, not at all. And every show I mention this, Facebook, students, I talk about, you know, it's not a competition. You have a right to feel what you feel. And it's not uh, experience, you know, growing up as worse than somebody else. You all have your own subjectivity. And that's fine. That's not, that's good. So what you do, you look at, you know what, maybe other people have been hurt before, you know, have been abused, and they're in healthy relationships. And try to get them to maybe open their eyes a little bit, just a little bit, okay, to be able to realize that they hear stories that it is possible that they, and then, what happens, right? They fall back. Well, I know it's not going to happen to me, right? They're lucky. They're not me. I get it. You're right. It's not you. But, you know, what can we do where you can still be sort of strong and not get disrespected, not get abused, not get treated like crap, but also be allowed to love again and not only love, you know, halfway in love with one foot out the door, but you can love and be invested a hundred percent into the relationship, and it, it it's a gamble. You know, do I tell client? You have people blowing smoke up. Oh, you know what? That do, you've been hurt before. That doesn't mean you know. Oh, you won't get hurt again. It's like telling a rape survivor. Oh, you you know what? You've been raped once. You don't ever have to worry about it uh, getting raped again. 
I'm like, really? And those counselors, therapists, people that tell people that, they need to get punched right in the head. Yeah, punched right in the head, okay? Because I've dealt with uh, numerous women that unfortunately have been raped more than once, maybe once when they were 15, then again when they were, say, 19. And it's so you never say that, but you try to stack the odds in the people's favor, okay? So are there people destined for relationship failure? Absolutely. You know, I mentioned before the break along, you know, a while ago, you know, there are people, you know, you get people, drug addicts, alcoholic, maybe they turn to that because of bad upbringings, you know, horrific situations. Uh, and I mentioned, you know, the first part of the show, some examples. And you look at, um, they go to that. So, you know, people, they don't get into it. They don't. So, ah, son, you know what? You don't love me. You should love me no matter what. Ugh, no, that's not self-love. That's not having a healthy self-concept that you allow people to do certain things and treat you a certain way or be in a relationship, like, you know, a certain way, and you're supposed to be okay with that. No. Um, it isn't, you know, is love conditional? Unfortunately, it is. Maybe for your kids, parent-child relationship, it's unconditional. But I don't think it really is unconditional because, you know, I want couples to get that. And I want you, if you've been abused and treated like crap, you don't have to be destined and love unconditional because, say, you're going to love somebody that cheats on you all the time. You're going to love unconditionally somebody that beats your butt and abuses you in an unhealthy relationship. And you're going to unconditionally love that person? I think that's sort of crazy. Maybe not sort of. It is crazy. Yeah, I'm biased. So you look at the elements to where, you know, I want people to love unconditionally if they treat each other nice and well and love, respect each other. Absolutely. That's what I try to get couples. But yeah, we need to have boundaries. But the people that are maybe abused and destined for relationship failure, their boundaries are so rigid and so, uh, what's the word? I they're they're rigid. They're not. They're cemented. They're not flexible in a healthy way. And there's some things. You know, our boundaries should not be permeated. You know, I'm not going to have someone abuse me, treat me like crap, beat me, beat me. You know that we need to have rigid boundaries. But I'm talking boundaries about the flexibility of being human, being able to make certain mistakes. And that doesn't mean they don't love you or they're going to hurt you. Not at all. And I think Alan mentioned, excuse me, a long time ago about intent. And I agree. You know, the intent is not to hurt somebody else. And you need to look at, you know, the intent of a person. But a, a person, oh, I never intended to hurt you. I don't know why I beat your ass. I don't know why I cheated on you 15 times. At least I didn't do it 20. That wasn't my intention, <laughs> you know. So that uh, you got to look at all the situations and use some subjectivity, but also look at what boundary issues are healthy for you to build trust. And there are trust-building you know, exercises, going back to that, that you can do, you can work on, 
yourself for one. One thing I think you have to do is build trust within yourself that you trust your instincts. And there's a difference, especially all your instincts. And that's what's very, very difficult because your instincts, when you are in, you know, raised a certain way in a horrific way um, where you don't trust anybody because of what you've been through, um, I get it. But you have to trust your instincts that, um, you know, what you tolerate, what you won't tolerate. But a lot of people in those situations, it might not be talking about your survival instincts is one thing, but are they survival instincts? Would I get, like I mentioned earlier about being a reflex oriented aspects, or is it just your fear and anxiety and you are mistaking it for your gut instinct? And it's weird because those survival modes, they kick in and they sort of overwhelm and sort of cover up what your gut instinct is looking at and getting at. And one thing we have to do is be able to trust your instinct that, you know what, we have to identify your fears and anxiety, what you went through. I get it, you know. I, I wouldn't trust anybody either, and I'm not lying. If I went through this, if I had this experience, I wouldn't trust anybody either. Crap, I don't blame you. Now, what can we do to maybe start building trust within yourself and to be able to reach out to others and be vulnerable with each other, but still maintain your healthy boundaries. And that's a starting point where, you know, that's a starting point where I go with individuals in situations like this over the year. And, you know, on a a show like this, it's very, very difficult to go into the nitty-gritty or get too specific and everybody's seen, you know, trust building exercises that you did maybe in elementary school, high school. Maybe you were part of a job training exercise at a at a employer's conference, right? The old, you know, oh, you fall and we're gonna catch you, right? Everybody's seen movies and comedies, right? Where oh, I trust you, catch me, and all of a sudden they're talking, and they forget to catch you. <laughs> you know those trust building exercises that someone has your back, that someone is going to be there and actually care for you, and you can depend on them in a healthy way. Okay, and there are people that are very codependent; they depend on that's a different element, and that would be the other extreme, like I mentioned the codependent aspect where, you know, they want to be loved so much, they will throw trust out the window, the opposite of the other individuals, right, where they're so protected, guarded. These individuals will almost fall in love with anybody, um, no matter if they're abusive or beat their ass, cheat on them repeatedly, that they sell themselves out just to be paid attention to and it is a very 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 difficult situation to be in and it's it's understandable you know i totally get it and what would it take for us to grow and uh, move you know beyond that no situations okay you give me a call five eight oh crap that's my own number sorry forget that <laughs> you can give me a call three one three six one four Nine four nine eight three one three six one four nine four nine eight, 
And going to give another shout-out, podcastdetroit.com. Check them out. It's where the home of the Art of Relationships radio show is at, podcastdetroit.com. I'm going to take a second breather for the evening, okay? (laughs) And I'm going to be back in a few moments, okay? Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a few out shoes by Shay on Facebook. She has hand painted, uh, hand designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out shoes by Shay on Facebook again. That's shoes by Shay on Facebook. She's sitting on the dirt floor.
Welcome back, everybody. Going into probably last segment of the evening, we are talking about our people destined to have a rotten relationship, or, or maybe not only a rotten relationship, talking about our people destined to maybe have relationship failure. And this was a question posed to me on from a friend of mine on Facebook that um, private messaged me about this comment about, you know, are people destined for relationship failure based on their upbringing? And I said, absolutely. It is true. Now, to repeat what I mentioned, you know, at the beginning of the show, it is true, but that doesn't mean everybody that went through an abusive, neglectful situation, um, you know, upbringing in a horrific situation is incapable or will have relationship failure or be destined to relationship failure. Not at all. It's very subjective. Everybody that, you know, anybody that says, you know, like, oh, you're raised this way, you are going to have a horrific relationship, going to be unhealthy, you're going to be this, this, you know what, that's not true. We're going with the averages and going, you know, with situations where, you know, with people when they have a hard time trusting and have a hard time, you know, because they weren't nurtured, they weren't given that love and emotional safety growing up. And I mentioned about, you know, dealing with, you know, other kids and people that have raised, you know, where mom goes out, single mom goes out partying three, four, five nights a week and leaves her nine and seven-year-old home alone overnight. She ends up crashing at some guy's house um, and leaving the kids. Oh, they'll be fine. Da, 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 pass out. No big deal. And it's very, very difficult, um, you know, when you're raised a certain way to be able to build trust, even have trust in somebody else. It's you're in preservation mode, you know, survival of the fittest type aspect. If you want to look look from an evolutionary perspective, and you know, I'm looking at it more from an attachment um, perspective. That if you're not, you know, taught what being able to feel emotionally safe, to be able to express yourself without being afraid that that person isn't going to love you anymore or care what you say, and you grow up, you, chances are you are going to have a unhealthy relationship, and you're going to have one foot out the door, meaning that, you know, that person, your partner, lover, wife, husband, if it gets that far, you know, that one mistake or, you know, like I mentioned a long time ago, is, you know, oh, a guy leaves the toilet seat up, that's it, and the woman, I'm out of here, that's it, you, you know, do this, you left the toilet seat up, so, you know, it, <laughs> I'm done, that's it, I'm not putting up with it, and you're like, oh my God, I did it once, and, you know, that might be a very watered-down example, not always so, you know, they're, they're looking at self-protect mode, and they're looking at one little sign that something is wrong, and they're booking. They're getting the hell out of there and self-protect more. And it reinforces um, their belief and their, you know, emotional essence, if you will, that, you know, I can't trust anybody and people are mean. People are users. Yeah, there are people out there, but most people 
out there looked at, you know, most people I believe are nice. And you look at the dynamic to where, um, you know, what can we do to build the trust? And I mentioned about the break and, you know, trust building exercise. And it starts with yourself. You have to first be able to trust your instinct that you can love somebody and be able to have trust in yourself to love somebody. And you have to take a risk. You have to take a risk to be able to, what do I want to say? You know, to be able to love somebody and not only have a, take a risk, not only in you loving somebody, but taking a risk and allowing somebody to love you in a healthy way. And realize, you know, we make mistakes, we have disagreements, and you need to, you know, be able to learn to do that. And maybe taking, you know, a round. And one thing, like I mentioned before, and I keep repeating myself, and I apologize, is building trust within yourself and then realize that there are healthy relationships out there, even with people that have been through horrific life events and very traumatizing um, situations growing up that they're able to love and hold tight and be able to work through their problems. And, it's, you know, you trust yourself and trust in the love that you have for each other. And, you know, I make it sound like it is very easy to do. And it, it, believe me, it's, it's not. And, Rhonda, you mentioned just now on live chat that, you know, you have to reparent yourself. I had to learn to love and accept myself. And Rhonda, you are absolutely correct. And we've talked about this at length, you know, over various radio shows throughout a year or whatever. And it's almost like um, a lifelong process, Rhonda. Absolutely. And Alan, you mentioned about reparent yourself. It's in a way, I reparent, it's where um, you are taught that you love yourself and to be able to soothe yourself, self-soothe. And I tell parents a lot, one of the number one things you can teach your kids to do is self-soothe, right? That if they have a heartache, if they have a disappointment, they don't get their way. You know what? Kids need to be able to self-soothe and learn to, if you want to say, lick their wounds. I know that probably is not a <laughs> maybe a right term to look at but to reparent yourself is you know sort of you are caring for yourself and maybe reparent um Rhonda use that term and I'd like to use a term maybe that you love yourself you respect yourself and that you deserve to be loved and what you went through um was not your fault it was your parents' fault, your mom, your dad, whoever raised you, treated you like dirt, it was more about them. It wasn't you. And a lot of people, they don't trust, and they feel like, you know what, I don't deserve this, and, you know, I don't even like myself, and that way I'm going to protect myself. I'm not going to let any fragment of love for myself or even like for myself that you know what, I'm not going to let that dwindle because it's shattered to begin with and it's frail and there's not much left of it. But 
like Rhonda said, to reparent, I teach people to be able to learn to love themselves. And I think Rhonda did mention it before. And reparent themselves, like Rhonda mentioned, is a way to um, heal yourself and soothe yourself and realize, you know, regain confidence in yourself and look at the good in you. And not only maybe look at where you came from, but where do you want to go? And that you have a right to do that. You deserve to do that, to be loved and to be able to trust people and friends situation. It's, it's very ironic when you grow up. How many people, um, if you think about it growing up or if you know somebody that, you know, you're with an abusive family, let's just say abusive family or alcoholic parent. I know, Alan, Rhonda, you mentioned about this, that you have an alcoholic parent. It's funny how friends at school, the friends you hit on, it's almost like magnets. You end up being friends with other kids that their parents are alcoholics or abusive. And it's sort of you know, it, it's sort of weird how that is. It's like you both have this magnetism towards each other that, you know, you know each other and the wounds are going. Now, what happens, which a lot of times happen, say you have two people that are very, you know, um, volatile. They're very protective. They're, and they end up together. And, you know, one little thing goes wrong and they're, oh, both out. Yep, see, I knew it. Yep, you couldn't do this. And it, it gets to be very toxic in that element. And you want to teach people to be able to trust themselves and to be able to trust that they deserve to be loved and cared for. Because they didn't have it, it had nothing to do with them. It involved them. It affected them big time. I don't ever, you know, uh, belittle that. But going on the element to where, you know what, that was about the other person that treated you like crap, neglected you. That wasn't because of you. That was because of them. And it, on the way home from downtown Detroit, there's a billboard that states, um, you know, admit it. You cared more for drugs than your family. Or something like that. Drugs, you know, admit it. Drugs are more important to you, to you than your family. And, you know, you go through those elements, and there's some truth to that. And when you feel like, you know, drugs, alcohol, those elements are more important, you know, to mom, to dad, to whoever, grandma, grandpa, whoever raised you, you know, you start feeling like you don't deserve it, and you shut down, you don't trust. I get it. You have a right you got a right to feel that way. Now, I'm going to help you, you know, look at that. You first thing is to find your identity. How do you want to know and that you're worthy of building love and being loved? And you have a right to do that, okay? Um, that you deserve it, if you will. And we're going to build that foundation first, Right? We're going to build that foundation that you are lovable, that you're worthy of love. And I make it sound very simple and very a short fix. It, it, it's not. You know, Rhonda mentioned it's a life process. I agree with that. But I want it to be 
a short life process in getting there, right? I want to get there um, and try to not make it drawn out, not make it. I want to make strides and help you make strides. And if possible, a short amount of time. And that's, you know, that's very subjective. When I say a short amount of time, that doesn't mean a week. Um, it could be a couple months where you experience a lot of growth and a lot of, you know, you start trusting yourself and feeling that you do deserve this. And we start from there. You know, it could take, you know, not a year of counseling therapy, I you know, but I'm talking about get the tools in place so you can carry on that growth process, maybe yourself, right? And that you be able to do that, um, that you deserve love. You want to become that person. How you were treated is not your identity. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the show tonight, that, you know, it's like a reflex in you that it's ingrained in you. I don't, I'm not lovable. I don't deserve love. I don't trust anybody. Um, I'm self-protective. And it, it's a reflex. It's almost like part of your essence. Well, now we need to sort of rewrite and get you a new healthy essence. Not your whole self, not at all, but transforming you how you see yourself into a healthier way and transforming that into where you are worthy of love for number one. You're able to love somebody else and take that risk and you're also able to take a healthy risk and allowing somebody to love you. And we can look at this, not only romantic relationships. Alan, great. I love it. You know, you said redefine yourself. Absolutely. Uh, That's, no, actually, that's a great way of putting it. Alan mentioned on live chat. And, you know, to redefine yourself and to grow into the person you want to be. And that is the foundation and the premise that I try to you know, build in situations with individuals like this. Number one is seeking the help, and that is probably the biggest step. And, you know, no one's going to relate to me. No one's going to care enough to try. And therefore, you know, I don't trust anyone. Shit, I couldn't trust my family to love me, my own mom, my own dad, whatever. How am I going to allow a perfect stranger? And then you get stuck, and that's where you... You stay in that situation and also, like, you know, mention the epitome, if you, you know, epitome, if you will, if that's even a proper term to where, you know, you're destined to relationship failure because you're so self-protective, so on guard. And it also might make you very critical of other people, Okay. Um, yeah, Rhonda mentioned it's it's hard to reprogram. Forty plus years of being told you are nothing in the way you were raised. I agree, Rhonda. And right, we're supposed to. We're. I don't know if it's societal, if it's evolution, um, human trait. Right, we're supposed to believe our parents. Right, they're not wrong. They're you know we're told this long we're no good. You don't deserve this. And also, not only your parents. You know, they're telling you this. Then you end up, it's funny how you end up being with somebody because it's comfortable. It's not that you like in a relationship, 
they end up doing the same thing to you. Oh, let's see. Mom told me this. Dad told me this. Whoever raised you, grandma, aunt, uncle, or, and they treated you, abused you, treated you like crap, neglected you. And all of a sudden, you know what? Someone else does. So, oh, all these people can't be wrong, right? <laughs> you know what? Yeah, they are wrong. And it's very difficult because that's all you've experienced. And that's all you know. And that's what I meant. You know, when I mentioned a few times during the show, it's a reflex. It's so much into you. It's like breathing that that is so much a part of you. Now we have to redefine yourself, as Alan said, and said, you know, these are the very difficult situations to where these people, it's about them. It wasn't you. It wasn't that you're not lovable. It's these people that, for whatever reason, maybe they were raised a certain way, whatever, cyclical, right? But that still doesn't deserve, you don't deserve them to treat you like that. It's not about you. And that's from the foundation and premise where I build, you know, with clients in these situations. Alan, as you're, you know, the old age saying, you know, the one who should protect you are throwing you to the wolves. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, for an example, and I mentioned this, oh, God, on a lot of shows where, you know, you know, get a client, you know, 11-year-old girl was given to her mom's crack dealer for take her in the room and take it out on trade because her mom couldn't pay your crack dealer. And, you know, mom's supposed to protect you. And here, Alan, great example, throwing you to the wolves. And it's very, very difficult um, you know, here, mom's supposed to protect me, and she's feeding me to the, literally, to the wolves. And, you know, I don't deserve this. This is what I deserve. This is my fault that mom's this way, and or dad's this way. You know, if I was really lovable, they wouldn't treat me like this, right? If I was deserving of love, right? If I was worth it, then, you know what? I wouldn't get treated this way. And we get this ingrained in our identity as we're raised, as we grow up, and it becomes so much of of us. And now we have to reprogram it, redefine it, as you, Rhonda and Alan, mentioned on the live chat. And, Alan, in that situation, mom needs to be, no, slapped is too kind for mom and the drug dealer. Um no, slap. No, I want them here. I'm in the helping profession, and I'm all about them being tortured. Um, is that unprofessional? No, I'm being human. It, you know, and I agree, you know, male or female, Alan, it does, you know, maybe it hurts for females. I don't think it, it's harder for females than males. I think it's, it's for both. You know, I think, you know, men, you're supposed to be brave. You're supposed to be this. You're supposed to take it, shake it off, you know, get back up and just brush yourself off. And, oh, I, Alan, yeah, I figured you were being nice. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know if it's generally, uh, I don't think it's a female or male thing situation, to be honest with you. Um, I don't, and, and you know, Brian mentioned, I don't, think it is a gender, I don't want to say by a gender 
maybe difference between the two. I think you have some women that act are, yeah, males are kind of thick skin, absolutely, but there's also some women out there that are very thick skin too that have been, you know, grown up and abused and they get very, um, oh my God, violent, very attacking, very um, rough, if you will. So um, I think it depends on, I would say it's more of an individual thing, Alan, that I'm not disagreeing with you. I get that. I think it's more of an individual element versus a gender issue. Um, you know, a lot of people might disagree with that. I, that's fine. You know, they can disagree with that. I'm just, you know, that's my thoughts. And I'm not saying I'm right by any means, but I think it's more of an individual thing out there. And I know women, there's some, <laughs> yep. Thank you. Case by case, Alan. Thank you. I agree with that. And I think, you know, there's women out there, some freaking tough, badass women out there that you're like, damn. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, if you could get percentages, yeah, it, it's going to be very, very difficult. But um, I agree. And I think, you know, going from there and to build the trust within yourself, to be able to heal yourself and to be, you know, reprogram, yeah, almost sounds robotic, but redefine, as Alan said, and reprogram yourself that, you know, you are deserving of love. How you were treated, whatever, had nothing to do with you. And it's very, very difficult because that's all you know. That's all you believe. You're worthless. You know, you piece of this, you piece of that, you brat, you this. And you know what? It's, you know, I wouldn't beat your butt. You know, I wouldn't beat you like this if you didn't deserve it. And you're like, do you start believing this? And therefore, you know, I don't trust anybody. I start feeling like crap about myself and I start, you know what? This is what I deserve. I'm not lovable. I'm not deserving of love. And then I shut down self-protect. Okay. So, you know, to build trust within yourself in these situations to where you can have a very healthy, the relationship, you know, that you have, um, that you're entitled, I'm entitled, I'm all about earning, that you can have a very good uh, relationship and a healthy relationship down the road, that you're able to have that, that you deserve that, that you deserve, um, you deserve love right? Self-respect, integrity, and you're okay with that. And that how you were treated and raised in that situation doesn't define you. It's part of you. But now how can we go ahead and sort of help you build trust within yourself and become the person you want that is deserving of being loved and have a great relationship um, down the road that we can teach you not how I want you to have a great relationship. It ain't about me. It is about you and how you define a healthy relationship and what we can do that. Now, if you think a healthy relationship is, um, okay, I get to beat my wife or I get to beat my husband and that's healthy, no, I disagree with that. Um, You know, outside of those elements, you know, abusive situations, you get to define you know, what is healthy and what you want and what is toxic, you know, and 
we go from there. And a lot of po- aspects um, that we get to can help. You know what? Um, speaking of toxic, I'm going to give a title of a book and shoot. I'm sorry. Give me a minute. I'm going to find it. Here we go. Cool. I had to go in my file drawer in my office. You're right. You know, being a survival is huge. This is a book I recommend. I've been recommending it for years. Um, I'm sure you can find it on Amazon, um, Barnes and Nobles, whatever. And I can't remember the author's name by offhand. I had this and I, I've loaned it out a couple years ago, excuse me, and I never got it back. (laughs) And this book will help individuals. And I actually um, give this, I got it, you know, written out in copies of it that I give to clients and, you know, in situations like this. And it's called Toxic Relationships and How to Change Them, Lethal Lovers and Poisonous People. That is the title, okay? Matter of fact, maybe I'll put it on chat. And I recommend this book to a lot of situations that have been abused and they're still supposed to love mom, okay? You know, mom abused me, dad abused me, but you know what? I'm still supposed to love him because it's mom and dad. This is a dynamic book that can help that. And it's all, this is all based on, you know, not only toxic relationships, okay? Um, so be with me for a minute as I pause. I know I shouldn't when I'm talking on the radio, um, but I'm trying to type this on live chat. And it is, again, toxic relationships and how to change them. Or not only, if you can't change that, you need to change yourself, okay? And then you go from there, Okay. But, again, one more time, um, toxic relationship. Yeah, I am having a brain fart. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to do um, about three things at once, Alan. I apologize, okay? I apologize. I was trying to type this on live chat for people. And I'll, actually, I'll put it on Facebook as well um, after the show. But the title of the book and help what situations with this and trying to help identify you as an individual, okay, is toxic relationships and how to change them. Lethal lovers and poisonous people, okay? And again, one more time, toxic relationships and how to change them. Lethal lovers and poisonous people is the name of the book. And I just posted on chat. And I will, um, I'll post it on Facebook right after the show, okay? So um, you look at that, you know, it's easier when the mom lives out of state. Right, I agree. Um, Distance is huge. I agree. And that can help you. But even if they lived blocks away from you, unfortunately, whatever happens, can you distance, you know, distance needs to be emotionally, right? That. Distance. There has to be emotional distance, healthy distance. They could live in on the other side of the world that you can, what do I want to say? You know, and you still have that emotional angst. You have that emotional tug of war 
those situations, okay? But you look at, you know, they could live, crap, five minutes away, two minutes away, and you can still have that healthy emotional distance where you don't deal with those situations anymore, okay? So one more time, the book is Toxic Relationships and How to Change Them, Lethal Lovers and Poisonous People. Check it out. It should be on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, maybe half.com. Um, it's a great book in toxic relationships, and it can help people, you know, to change that, you know, they think whatever, how they're raised, that they are destined for relationship failure or bad toxic relationships, and they don't have to be, not at all, okay? And you can go ahead and, you know, meander and grow and evolve and have a dynamic relationship and friends and be worthy of that okay this is the art of relationships radio show everybody thank you for tuning in um check every show live every wednesday night 9 p.m eastern time and check out my facebook i post the shows on wednesday and you can hear the rebroadcast on podcast Detroit.com on Sunday nights at 9 o'clock. And you also can listen to any recorded show um, on Spreaker, Spreaker's app for Android Apple devices on Spreaker.com as well. And also on a website, dartofrelationships.org. And they actually got a, I don't know what you want to call a player, music player, audio player <laughs> on the art of relationships, radio show.org. And it's always up there with the latest show as well. Okay. Thank you, Rhonda, Allen, Shauna, Rick. Thank you so much for joining me in the live chat. And I appreciate it. Everybody have rest of a good evening. What is left to it? Everybody take care. Peace. Stay warm out there in Michigan and uh, in the colder states, okay? Um, Much love, peace to everybody out there. This is the Art of Relationships. Take care. Art of Relationships radio show is copyrighted. No one is to use any part of the show without express written consent from myself, Greg Dzinski, or the Art of Relationships. Thank you.